Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, and today I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Mario, also known as the Node Defender, and the one and only Joyful Jackie. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Bank of America is bullish on crypto, eBay accepting digital assets, Colorado using first mover advantage, and Ukraine turning to Bitcoin for solutions against the Russian troops. Of course, for our XRP holders, we brought some very exciting content, starting with updates on the Ripple case and John Deaton along with Jeremy Hogan's unique insight, which was shared on BitBoy's channel. But before we deep dive into that, I'd love to give everyone a chance to introduce themselves. So we'll start off with Jackie. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. It's um, awesome to have you. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be awesome. here. Thanks for having me back on. Yes. Mario, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a cloudy, cloudy day here in New Jersey, but I'm not going to let that affect me. I'm super pumped to talk crypto today. <laughs> so we'll start the same way that we always do by addressing the Bitcoin fear and greed index. I'm not sure if we have the ability to share our screens yet, but this would be a good time. We're currently sitting at a 51, which is, which is big for us because we haven't been in this neutral zone for several weeks. And I think there's good reason for us having this price appreciation right now. I'd love to hear Jackie's thoughts on where we're sitting right now and has this changed your perspective at all in, in comparison to earlier in the week with what was happening with Russia? Yeah, I think, I mean, not really my perspective. I think a lot of people who have been in the market for a little bit, you know, usually when uh, big events hit like that, you see, and we had talked about this last time, um, last week, yep. uh, we had saw that, you know, kind of deep plummet and then a quick recovery. So I was kind of expecting something, um, you know, kind of later in the week, actually, I didn't think it was going to come as quickly as it did, but I mean, we like to see it. So bring it on. <laughs> it's a blessing, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> Makes things more exciting for sure. You yeah. Know? And honestly, I, I think that we agreed that we were expecting like some sort of a recovery pump, especially when we dipped down last week, we touched 34,000. By the end of that day, our daily candle closed above 39K. So that was huge for me to show us where the momentum was headed. Mario, what's your opinion on the market right now? Um, kind of address the fear and greed index. And what do you think caused this people to, to raise their sentiment? I don't know. I'll be honest. I'm feeling a little confused with the market because I mean, world events are kind of pointing towards everything just like being chaotic. And it doesn't really make sense for us to be seeing the market pump up considering if we consider geopolitical events. But um, at the same time, I guess um, crypto is getting a good positive spotlight for once. And typically we see crypto just being deemed this really terrible thing that hackers and bad people use. And now we're actually seeing crypto in, in, in the spotlight of positive news where it's like, okay, crypto is being used for, for these freedom fights in Canada. Crypto is being used for, for uh, Ukraine to raise money and, and help the people of Ukraine. So I guess maybe that's what's driving the price up. Um, but again, I've, it's what, it, what waters, says all the time, what is about crypto? Just take whatever the market gives you. And that's how I'm feeling. Although I'm confused as to why we're up, that's just the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. And I'd love to deep dive into some of these other crypto prices because the recovery hasn't just been for Bitcoin. Today, we're sitting at 43,700 for Bitcoin, which is fascinating considering where we were last week. We've got Ethereum just below 3,000, XRP sitting at 78 cents and Cardano just below a dollar here at 98 cents. It's amazing because last week when we were on live, I believe it was when we had Jackie and Gonzo, we had talked about what a great buying opportunity ADA was at 77 cents. We had XRP down in the mid 60s. And now we've, I mean, the recovery pump has been quicker than even I imagined, but I think it draws us perfectly into our first topic of the day, which is Bank of America sees no crypto winter given user adoption. So the development that's taken place is that companies are starting to adopt this technology, whether it's in the United States or overseas. 
And the tightening by the U.S. Federal Reserve and macroeconomic headwinds are likely to limit the upside for cryptocurrencies over the next six months, a.k.a. we're anticipating interest rates being raised. But it will be difficult for the crypto market to break out of a recent trading range until the concerns about a potential recession are discounted, according to Bank of America. I love those quotes because even though they're not super bullish in the short term, it shows where they believe this technology is going, even in the moderate term by the end of 2022. I'd love to hear your comments on what Bank of America said and, and how you're feeling this morning. We can start with Mario. Uh, I don't know what to think. I mean, one day we hear banks saying that crypto is like the worst thing ever. The next day they're saying we're bullish on crypto and there's not going to be a winter. I mean, it, they're just trying to confuse people. And I, I don't really know what to I don't really know what to say of it. Just I mean, I know why I'm in crypto. So I guess they're just they just keep their confusion going. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, don't trust anything the banks say, the banks tell you. Um, I just, I thought it was funny. This article came out yesterday. It it did talk about going into a crypto winter, correct? Yeah. Yep. yeah. And, and, you know, all of a sudden we see this gigantic price surge. So I don't know. Um, definitely, uh, definitely institutions or banks, banks have their hands in it. Institutions have their hands in it. But I don't know, especially Bank of America, the CEO, mm. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like they're all a little uh, schemy, not letting, I mean, initially, I'm not sure about now, actually, but initially not letting their employees invest in, in cryptocurrency and things like that while they're buying yeah. under the table. I just, I don't know. I don't really and pay attention to what they say. <laughs> yeah. Isn't Bank isn't Bank of America the bank with the most uh, blockchain patents registered? Yes. So, yep. There you go. And Warren Buffett's that one of the largest... That. Warren Buffett's been one of the most critical, you know, established investors when it comes to cryptocurrency. And he's heavily, heavily invested in Bank of America. So he's investing in cryptocurrency through the company of Bank of America. But I love what Jackie said, where she's like, it's easy to follow and agree with the banks when they're saying bullish news, but we don't agree with them when they're saying bearish sentiment. So I don't, I actually, I don't take this too seriously i think it's just an opinion just like ourselves but i do agree that the adoption is going to prevent a long-term bear market and we're not going to go through these four-year cycles forever right so once we deviate from that cycle and from what we've established as the cryptocurrency market there'll be a new course of action so i just want to see any closing remarks here before we kick it to the next topic if uh, not, yeah go just right. take 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 the news for what they for what it is and just stay fundamental on on your investments that's all i could really say about it Yep. And so for our next topic, we're going to talk about what Bitcoin's doing this morning because these charts, they show us the correlation here is insane. I'm not sure if we have audio listeners, but for anyone who's watching us right now, take a look at this chart and look at what we've been anticipating. This is the beginning of the 2017 bear market. So what you're looking at is that green line is when Bitcoin touched 20,000 in, in mid-December of 2017. Now, once we entered that bear market, we had this massive pullback, which is very, very similar to what happened this year. Bitcoin touched 69,000 in November. And since then, we've followed this exact correlation of a crashing cycle. And now we're in the process of this short-term recovery pump. According to this chart, it says that we should go back up to about $58,000 before we continue down into our bear market and get what we're all waiting for, which is an alt season. This chart is from Blockchain Backer, and he's been spot on this whole time. It's been highly controversial when he was exiting the market with a $55,000 Bitcoin. And here we are today where he's been spot on that this may the beginning be the beginning of a bear market. I'd love to hear what your comments are. We can start with Jackie. Yeah, I think, um, you know, these big TA guys, I, I won't lie, I watch them as well. I definitely think that, you know, they're a lot more seasoned in the market than I am. So I love to get everyone's perspective. I think that that's, that's kind of my um, strategy anytime. Um, I'm I'm looking at charts, looking at the market, things like that. I definitely love to get the perspective of um, of other people, um, people that have been in the the space a lot longer than I have. So and yeah, for for this um, so far, uh, blockchain backer has has done a great job, a phenomenal job with his technical analysis. So I do I do definitely um, I'm watching the same ranges that he's watching uh, because he's watching them. Um, so that would be great to see. Uh, and typically, you know, from, from what I've studied in the past cycles, you know, we do see a surge and then Bitcoin does have to come down in price to where, you know, all of those, um, all of that profit is then taken into altcoins. So 
So, you know, I would love to see it. We'd all love to see it. I'm not going to make any predictions because, you know, I'm, I'm as far off as the next guy, but I definitely, I have that glimmer of hope. It's, it's starting to be put out. The fire's starting to be put out because I've been so wrecked, you know, time, <laughs> time again, but <laughs> I no, we're, still, we're still doing good. We're still on our feet, but you know, I don't, I, the hope gets up and then it gets crushed. <laughs> The hopium is not a long-term thing. I'll tell you that much. Right. <laughs> Mario, yeah, what's your opinion? You is, this, is this affecting yeah. how you're navigating the market right now? Are you anticipating an alt season based off these charts? What's going through your mind? No, no. I mean, I'm just taking day by day at this, at this moment. Um, I really was expecting, uh, just like a lot of people I'm sure were, I was expecting this, this alt season to come in sometime in December and then it yep. didn't happen. We've been stuck in this range already for, for the past three months. So I think we've, I think crypto, the market itself is getting to a point where we either break up and we continually continue to follow that fractal or we break down and we go into lower lows. Um, I, I know that there's a few people that I follow on, on Twitter um, that are very big in Bitcoin being in a bear market. And they're actually calling for Bitcoin to break lower lows and to continue down to, to the twenties. So um, I think it's impossible for it, for us to really, determine uh i mean even the best tas could look at it and they can kind of give you their perspective they could you know most of the time TAs say we could go up or we could go down i'm like yeah well that's <laughs> we could stay sideways too and I, I think it's just there's there's a lot of things that that are playing a factor you know especially with the way the economy is and interest rates i also honestly don't think interest rates are going to go up just because of everything that's going on in the world we might see the fed just postpone that decision on interest rates for, for the time being. And that could be bullish for crypto, but I guess just, you know, just continue to the dollar cost average, just zoom out, look at, at a, at a, a long-term perspective and can continue to the dollar cost average in and dollar cost average out and you'll be okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Jackie. That, just to add on to what Mario was saying, I think that that's important to remember, um, you know, first getting into the market, I was, we were all kind of, noobs at first you know and i was thinking like i was thinking time frame everyone everyone's thinking time frame i think they built it out to a time frame but um you know yeah you definitely do have to take it day by day and week by week and watch you know watch the price action trend is your friend we've all heard that and and that's another thing um i just want to say is that you know every every trader every um influencer you know they're right until they're wrong and then and then when you figure out when they're wrong you know that's when you I don't know, you kind of get humbled yourself a little bit and you you start to take responsibility for, you know, the sentiments you were believing and things like that. You kind of have to de-risk at your, you know, your own personal level. Yep, totally. And I, I can relate because especially what took place in the fall, I think for me personally, I was trying to be correct. And that wasn't, wasn't the smart thing to do. I was trying to go out there and make claims that I could anticipate what was happening. It's almost impossible to anticipate this market Unless you're blockchain backer, of course, as we can tell by this chart. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But that moves us perfectly into our next topic of interest rates. So Russia's central bank more than doubles key interest rates to 20% um, as opposed to 9.5%, which happened earlier this week. The bank also said that it would be freeing 733 billion ruples or $8.78 billion to local bank reserves to boost liquidity. I'd love to read this short here, and then I'd love to get your opinion. Russia's central bank on Monday more than doubled the country's key interest rate from 9.5% to 20% as its currency, the ruble, hit a record low against the dollar on the back of a slew of sanctions and penalties imposed on Russia by Europe and the U.S. for its invasion of the Ukraine. These sanctions are designed to offset, or sorry, this interest rate increase is designed to offset the depreciation of the ruble and the inflation that's taken place. The ruble fell as far as 120 U.S. dollars per ruble, down a whopping 30% from the close on Friday. This is exactly what the United States was trying to accomplish when they sanctioned Russia and is isolating them from the global markets. I feel as if this is only the beginning of these sanctions and the impacts that we're going to see. The SWIFT system, I believe, is, is changing. It's either on its way out or they're making adjustments, and this is just part of the script that's taking place. I'd love to hear your opinions on what we can expect from Russia and what you're kind of looking for right now. We'll start with Mario. Um, I'm not a very geopolitical guy. It's really, it's really hard for me to really give um, a constructive opinion or criticism on that. But what I can say is that it was 
it was obvious that this was going to happen to to the ruble. And yesterday, I saw yesterday I saw that one Bitcoin is worth four million rubles. So wow. that's huge right there. Just to, tells you the devaluation of the currency as well. But again, I'm not very big on on um, on their monetary policies and all that stuff. So, um, you know, the article pretty much speaks for itself. It was kind of obvious that was going to happen. Yep. Jackie, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, I really think that that's interesting. Um, you know, that that correlation between the, the ruble and then also Bitcoin. Bitcoin goes up and, you know, the Russian ruble goes down. I was looking at a um, at an article last night, though, which I'm I'm trying to find right now. It's um, talking yeah. about this this interest rate increase, and then also um, putting into perspective Bitcoin um, compared to the rest of the financial market. And it said, finding it now, um, Bitcoin enters the top 15 most valuable currencies. That's currencies in the wow. world. Um, surpassing Saudi Arabia, Israel, Sweden, um, next to beat is the Swiss franc. So I really think that that's interesting that, you know, all of these other currencies are kind of follow, falling, um, you know, down the ladder as opposed to Bitcoin. So top 15 currencies in the world. And then it also is the ninth most valuable asset in the world. Wow. So, you know, that just puts things into, and that's, you know, that's on a large financial scale compared, comparative to, you know, the rest of the crypto or not just cryptocurrencies, not, you know, this is the rest of the currencies of the world, actual fiat currencies of the world, and then actual assets, you know, traded, um, outperforming. Yeah. Oh, this is interesting. Following outperforming Meta, Berkshire, Hathaway, Visa, MasterCard, JP Morgan, Chase, and the world's largest ETF, um, S&P 500. So, yeah, that's really interesting. I That was mind-blowing. I had no idea. But I really think that, that um, you know, that that's kind of the way this is going. I always, I always do that. Um, Dustin laughs at me because I always put my hand on the camera screen. But <laughs> You must be Italian. Yeah. <laughs> I am Italian. How do you I'm only teasing. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great point. And I, I have another quote here I'd love to show you guys. And it says, this is from the EU commission, the president of the EU commission. He says, we will paralyze the assets of Russia's central bank. This will freeze its transactions and make it impossible for central banks to liquidate their assets. We discussed yesterday how Russia has been accumulating foreign assets, about $630 billion worth. And Russia, they're not going to be allowed to freely exchange these assets back into the market for value. So these sanctions are a delicate balance between are we able to limit their economic growth and their ability to you know, fund these projects. But we also don't want to devalue the dollar to the point where they say, oh, great, you want to sanction us from SWIFT? Well, us and China have agreed to run on this new protocol that's been running in the background. And now we're just going to move away from SWIFT. It's unnecessary. So it's a real right. delicate balance that we're seeing here. Mario, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of it, at the same time, Lemmy, it just makes you wonder. Uh, we've, we've seen Russia just, um, they've been doing this for a decade. You know, have they been planning the war for a decade? That's not what I'm saying, but they're definitely just, they were being cautious. They were taking precaution. And I wouldn't be surprised to just all of a sudden a new system comes into play and comes to the forefront. And that's probably what they're working on. And that's probably what, what the, the whole plan is in the grand scheme of things. Yep. And you can only imagine how long they've been planning this stuff for. I actually saw a video from the digital asset investor where Gary Gensler was participating in a simulation of, of, a, of, a, where we bring in sanctions and people do move away from SWIFT and they mention China and these systems already exist, guys. This is not conspiracy. China and Russia and all these other current countries are planning on moving away from SWIFT at some point and they've run simulations. They have the technology built out. So this is a real delicate balance. We shouldn't be very excited about sanctioning Russia, although it's a, it's a good punishment and it gives us some power. It's a very, very delicate balance. Jackie, can you, can you share some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree with um, what both of you have said. I definitely do believe that this is, um, you know, kind of what is going to be pushed. Because, I mean, we see it, the the sanctions, the the things that are being put into play is kind of forcing people out of out of the current system. Um, it, and that's, that's the way, you know, they want it to be, they being uh, whoever is up at the top. Um, and... Yeah, I just I think that this is playing out as perfectly to plan. I mean, it's just it just all fits, right? Yep. 
Perfectly. And this brings us right into our next chart. So where is Russia's money? This is from Josh Lipsky on Twitter. And he's showing us right here in this chart where Russia has invested their income. So China is the only country that they have that they're able to access their funds with. France, Japan, Germany, US, UK, all these countries are not allowing access, are not allowing Russia access to their funds. So I found this to be really interesting. There's only 17% of their funds are in China, although it's their biggest um, partner. They're still, they're, they, 80% of their wealth they don't have access to. So I found this to be a massive, massive update. But we can move on to the next topic really quick. I wanted to show this. Russian, should, Russian soldiers offered Bitcoin in exchange for the white flag. So th this is fascinating to me. They're willing to pay foreign troops to not fight against them. I've never seen anything like this before. It says the Russian military will receive 5 million rubles or 45,000 US dollars in cryptocurrency or fiat and amnesty after their trial if they accept this surrender, this white flag. Cryptocurrencies have been a popular instrument to provide aid defending the nation with Ukraine government collecting over 9.5 million in crypto donations via Bitcoin, Ethereum, and US dollar tether. So interesting. Such an interesting time with the new economic system coming into place and us having to adjust it it's fascinating i'm wondering how many of these russian troops will accept this forty-five thousand dollars in bitcoin jackie did you check out this article and what are some of your thoughts on what's taking place yeah i was looking at this last night i thought that that was extremely i don't know i don't know i really don't know what i would think about that um I, I mean, if I were the soldier, yeah, why why would you not? Especially if your country's hiking up your rate to 20%, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to say because it, it, it also another interesting um, aspect of that article was they said that the Russian soldiers didn't um, didn't think that they were going to in, or go into yes. war or something like that. Yes. See, so I'll read that really quick, Jackie. It yeah. says the Ukrainian ambassador to the U.S., a Russian platoon that surrendered on February 24th, was unaware that they were being sent to kill Ukrainians. That's dark. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the I don't know. I don't know what the behind the scenes was um, as far as this. Uh, it is kind of it, it's definitely interesting. I don't really know my thoughts on it, though. I'd yeah. like to see. Yeah, I'd like to hear your guys' opinion. Mario, what are you thinking? Does this change your perspective on what's taking place in Ukraine at all or Russia? It For me, it shows that there's just more and more use cases every day for crypto and the advantages to moving into these assets as opposed to traditional currencies. So what are your, what are your thoughts? Well, it goes back to what I was saying in the beginning of our stream where all of a sudden we're seeing Bitcoin and cryptocurrency be a positive narrative. You know, we're no, we're no longer seeing like, oh, Bitcoin was used for getting payment for these hackers or you know, all the, that negative stuff that uh, people that watch mainstream media, that's the, the perception. I know the people around me, people that are not into, um, that are not deep in, into cryptocurrency and, and haven't really got spent the time to understand it. That's the perception that they're getting from mainstream media is like, all of a sudden there was a hack and these hackers were paid in Bitcoin. Well, how about the fact that you could just go on the Bitcoin Explorer and see where all the transactions went and where they're going and blacklist the addresses. And it's super transparent and super traceable, way more traceable than cash. Like you mentioned last night, Abs. Um, yep. and, it, and yeah, now all of a sudden we're seeing a shift in that narrative and all of a sudden cryptocurrency is the savior to Ukraine. And, and I think the updated numbers are something like $16 million that has been donated between ERC-20 tokens, so Ethereum and USDT and uh, amongst other tokens, and Bitcoin. And now we're seeing, like 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 you just mentioned in the article, um, we're seeing that possibly being the solution to this white, to this war, you know, being a white flag. It's just crazy. <laughs> it really is. And it's it's fascinating that these use cases are emerging at the perfect time. All of these things, this is why it's. I love the digital asset uh, investor. He has a saying where he says, all the world's a stage. All these narratives line up so perfectly, it can't be a coincidence. It's either predetermined or we're in a simulation. So I'll let our viewers decide. But now I've got an amazing short clip from you guys from BitBoy Crypto's channel himself, who's also a public fan of Coach JV, which is very exciting news. <laughs> so we're going to bring you some XRP content here. We'll let this video play. Great job. I've yeah. cases in the middle of a trial. Yeah, absolutely. So, John, let me ask you this. Uh, when it comes to XRP and, and this lawsuit, and let's assume that it does 
settle or ripple wins. I, I think there's very few people out there that think at this point the SEC has the ammunition to completely outright win the case. I don't think there's any, you know, a, a less than 1% possibility of that. I think it really comes down to whether it's settled or whether ripple wins. I tend to believe a settlement just because, like, you know, we, we've used the comparison, like, if you're in trouble for, you know, uh, breaking a law, like, you don't want to have to go to the jury trial. Like, if you had anything to do where you're not 100% innocent, you know, like, let's say it's a it's a car accident. It was definitely the other guy's fault. But whatever case, like, if it's going to go to a jury trial, it's just the unknown. So it's always better to just do the settlement and, and get it over with. So let's assume it does settle or XRP wins. What effect do you think this will have on the overall crypto market, John? Well, I think that, uh, well, first, let me address that. I, I, let me cite somebody that knows a lot more than me, and that's Brian Brooks, who used to be the Office of Comptroller. He's Bitfury CEO. I sent a tweet out that said it would take Brian Brooks 15 minutes or less to settle this case. He would basically say Ripple pays a fine for early sales, for marketing or whatnot, um, on how they marketed XRP from 2013 to 2017. Um declare that XRP, today's XRP is not a security, and spend more time uh, deciding what to eat for lunch. He actually responded to that, Ben, and he said, uh, one correction, I don't eat lunch, right? <laughs> and I find that the perfect stable, like that's, there, you couldn't describe it any better. It's, it's hilarious to me, especially with this on-demand liquidity news that XRP is not even acting as a security anymore. And the dispute is about stuff that happened in 2013 to 2017 and we're feeling the repercussions of that now. Does this make you laugh or does this change your opinion on the XRP case? What's going through your guys' head when you hear a quote like that? We'll start with Mario. Yeah, when I listened to that yesterday, it made me laugh really hard because it's it's so true. And we're seeing Ripple just really not be bothered by what's happening. And I mean, by bothered, I mean like they're, they don't seem to be afraid of the end result. So and they've they haven't been since the beginning of of this of this lawsuit. So it's really funny to see that happening. And I this is definitely a situation where that's been dragging for so long. And I feel like it's just been dragging for way longer than it than it probably should have or yeah. or could have. And this is like one of those situations where it's like a slap on the wrist and Ripple pays up or and you move on. And, and it, there was something else that they mentioned in in the. Uh, in that interview, which was uh, a settlement could happen at any point. It could literally even happen during a break um, while they're they're in front of a jury. So they could take a break and literally come to a settlement. So I think it will be a settlement situation. I don't think the SEC wants to go all the way to the end and then lose. That's They're going to look really bad. Um, so I think for me personally, I'm looking at settlement at any point. Yeah, and, and JV brought up a great point yesterday where he was talking about how long these cases typically go on for. And even mm -hmm. in some of the most confusing and most drawn-out cases, they typically last about 24 months. And here we are sitting 14 months into this trial, which to me, as a crypto investor, it doesn't seem that complicated. I don't think it takes 14 months of research. But what we're seeing is that Ripple does not want to settle. Ripple wants this thing to go all the way to the end so they can be proven correct. I'd love to kick it to Jackie. What are some of your thoughts here? Yeah, I... I do like um, further on in this interview, because uh, I watched it as well, um, Jeremy Hogan says that if they do come to a settlement, you know, XRP or Ripple, um, we'll make sure that within, you know, the settlement agreements and things like that, that they that they will, um, you know, be sure to be deemed as not a security um, further on after this point. So uh, that as, as part of, you know, the term agreements and things like that, that is that is good um, for for the investor standpoint, you know, so SEC can't come after them again. Um, so that is something to pay attention to as well. Uh, kind of calm fears if we do go into a settlement, you know, it's not just for the time being or just for those, um, you know, that range of that, those range dates that you had mentioned um, abs. So I do, I, I think that that is what we will see as well. We will see a settlement. Um, and a fine will be paid and, you know, it'll just bring in uh, regulation. And that's what we're looking for with this, because uh, right now there is none. And so, you know, yeah, it needs to set the terms for for future cases and other other projects. Yes. And as I was deep diving last night, I saw that several months ago, there was a short discussion. It only lasted about a few hours of a settlement possibility taking place. 
and Ripple was not open to the idea. Ripple wants to take this thing to the end and be proven correct and do right by their investors. I think it's so important to understand that the on-demand liquidity market is one of the most important markets on the planet. $20 trillion are transferred cross-border every year. And to wrap your head around $20 trillion, what that actually, to visualize that is impossible. It's, it's not even possible, but I don't think we're anywhere close to the end when it comes to what we're facing right now. Ripple will, will not settle. I do think that they're, they're fighting till the end. They're trying to be proven correct. And that can be frustrating as a Ripple investor, but at the same time in the long term, I'm using this opportunity to dollar cost average. I'm still accumulating projects, whether it's just $400 a week or far beyond that based on news. I'd love to hear if you guys are still accumulating. What are you doing with XRP? Just as a fun discussion, nothing too serious. Jackie, you can go first. Yeah, um, I'm accumulating every chance I get. I, I'm accumulating not only just the cryptocurrency, but I'm also accumulating, you know, projects built on XRPL. Um, I do think, you know, obviously just from a from a technical perspective, this is one of the only ones um, or one of the only what top top 10, even top 50, top 100 that hasn't hit its all time high, you know, from from 2017. So, yes. I mean, from a technical analysis perspective, this is, you know, the golden child. Um, and then from a fundamental perspective as well, everything that's going on um, with price suppression, you know, from the case, things like that, definitely this is, you know, top top one on my list Just continue to accumulate. I know a lot of people are in fear still of the case, but once, once it clears that thing's going to blast off quicker than I don't know. I agree. And of course, we're not financial advisors. This is not financial advice. We're just showing you how we navigate the market. And if you guys would like a deeper fundamental understanding of what we're doing in this market, please check out the 3T Warrior Academy where you can get access to Jackie. You get access to Mario. You get exposure to JV and how he developed his mindset. Also, you get a look at his portfolio. And there's basically infinite videos on what you can learn, whether it's staking, just what the cryptocurrencies do, utility, the list goes on and on. But I'd love to hear from Mario. What are you doing in this market right now? Are you continuing to dollar cost average with specifically XRP or have you already finished your accumulating? What's going on with you? Yeah, I'm still 99% in the market as far as crypto. So um, again, I'm anticipating, even though it, it everything points towards uncertainty with the markets and stuff, I am still anticipating that next move up, although taking, you know, day by day and really just try not to try not to have any expectations of when it's going to happen. Um, just so I don't, so, so it doesn't burn me down. <laughs> uh, yep. but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm accumulating, I'm still accumulating. Um, I've been very bullish on XRP recently. Um, I mean, I've always been bullish on XRP, but recently I've been feeling like we keep, we keep getting this opportunity to keep buying XRP at these low levels. And, um, it's been going on for a while and it's just really, I see it like an opportunity to accumulate and it's a blessing almost. So yeah, it's not financial advice. It's just what I'm doing. Doesn't mean it's correct, <laughs> but it it's what I think is correct in my mind. Yep. And it's it's nothing new in this market. Anytime there's bad news, it's been proven to be a good buying opportunity when it when we're in a bull run. And I pulled up a chart for XRP here. And as you can see, back in January when the lawsuit was filed, we pulled all the way back to about 17 cents, I can remember. I was going through that and I looked at JV for guidance on what I should be doing during the situation. And he promised or not promised us, he told his community that this is going to be looked at as one of the best buying opportunities ever for XRP. And as you can tell from this chart, we haven't touched those levels since that date. So I would anticipate a similar navigation in the market. There's all this bearish sentiment. There's all this uncertainty when it comes to the case, but we're watching Ripple transfer XRP to these exchanges. And there's only one reason for that. They must be getting, getting ready to relist. And that's my opinion. Jackie, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, relisting will take place. They definitely, you know, these, these, exchanges don't want to miss the boat either. So yep. they're, you know, they're accumulating as well. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Yes. Mario, any thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you as well. Definitely. Awesome. Yep. I am pretty correct. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I have <laughs> an awesome, right. Yeah. I, I have, have a great question for here. Mario. Of course. Did you become, you said you were more bullish on X or yeah, on XRP recently. Did you become more bullish after your wife made you that birthday cake or was it before that? <laughs> <laughs> so I've been, I've been an XRP fan since 2017. So this is not new, but just, I even mentioned this as we were having a discussion, I want to say maybe like a month and, or a month and a bit ago. And I just, there was just something that was telling me that I should accumulate more XRP. Can't really explain why, but it was just a, a gut feeling that I had. 
say that one more time for our viewers, please. I had a gut feeling I should be accumulating more XRP. Mm, I love it. And so we have a great <laughs> quote here from a bearable bull where he says, the end of expert discovery in the Ripple versus the SEC case, this is where the fun begins. So this is where the change really starts to happen. And we also saw Brad Garlinghouse come out and make a pretty definitive statement to clear any confusion, RippleNet, while being able to do much more than just messaging a la Swift, abides by international law and sanctions, period, full stop, no question about it. So <laughs> there's been a lot of uncertainty about whether what Ripple's doing is legal. And what's happening with the SEC can be very confusing for the regular retail investor. But Garlinghouse clearly comes out here and says, there's nothing to be confused about. We're abiding by all rules. We're abiding by all regulations. And it comes back to what was happening in 2014, 15, 16. They were, they were meeting with the SEC on a regular basis. So I think it was bi-monthly. It might have been every two or three months that the leaders of Ripple were going to the SEC, showing them how they were operating and asking for guidance. They were received zero warning. And that's one of the biggest disputes during this case is that the SEC had eight years to bring this to the forefront and address it. Do you guys have any closing uh, XRP discussion topics? before we kick it to the next topic. Yeah, um, I mean, I mentioned this yesterday. I didn't really see where all these rumors with Swift and Ripple coming to save Russia. I found that to be pretty dark. And although I get that Ripple is is feeling the pressure or, you know, it's not they're not really happy with how the SEC is is handling the situation. But I just wouldn't see Ripple turning its back on the US and kind of you know, being the savior, savior for Russia. So it's, it, it, you know, Brad Garlinghouse just confirmed that by saying that, um, period, full stop. <laughs> They're complying with, with sanctions. Yep. Jackie. Yeah. It's good to, you know, it's that it's comforting to see that come from someone like Brad Garlinghouse. Um, yeah, that's all yeah. I have. And Brad Garlinghouse is the leader uh, the World Economic Forum when it comes to cryptocurrency. So yeah. it's very, it makes it even more powerful when you check out who he is and, and what his role is beyond just Ripple. So we got this massive Ripple news. This will be our last XRP topic for the day. Tranglo enables Ripple's on-demand liquidity service across its 25 payment corridors. So Tranglo has enabled Ripple's payment system on-demand liquidity service for all of its payment corridors, allowing remittance providers to process instant cross-border payments without costly prefunding, also known as Nostro-Vostro accounts. This comes after the successful pilot of on-demand liquidity deployment that took place in September of 2021, with 250,000 transactions worth over 48 million US dollars that took over 100 days to process. This is huge. This just goes to show exactly what we're dealing with in the XRP case. If this isn't a utility, I'm not sure what is. This goes far beyond what traditional currencies can do, and it goes far beyond what SWIFT can do right now. So that's why I'm so confused about how this lawsuit is still going on 14 months later. When we're looking at use cases as it doesn't take a genius to figure this stuff out. Retail investors are figuring this out and it's, it's causing us to lose trust in the regulators. Jackie, I'd love to hear what some of your thoughts are. Yeah, I agree with you, Abs. Um, just just with the utility that we're seeing, you know, there's no way that it that it is a security. So that's... Um, yeah, I, I don't really have much. I For me, like my opinion is is that this is, you know, all political theater. It is all on, on a stage to be able to bring a path, like bring to pass regulation um, for the market. So um, seeing, seeing things like this, you know, it just, like you said, it just reaffirms and reaffirms um, kind of that sentiment, the things that are going on. Um, you can kind of piece it together. And, and I really like that take back that we, that we had gone back to when this case had first opened, you know, I, I was, I was like you when um, coach JV had uh, talked about, you know, he was, he was holding and he was buying more when it had dropped back down to 17 cents. And, and at that time, you know, I really had no idea what was going on. I didn't really understand, but you know, I'm thankful looking, looking further into it now, studying out and kind of seeing, you know, the behind the scenes. And that's what, that's what really people need to do is, is cause they, they don't really understand, you know, they don't understand what the asset is or what, you know, what the company does or what they're going after them for, you know, but once you kind of piece it together and look at it um, and, you know, put the two halves and, and the whole, and then yep. you can kind of, then you can kind of, you know, form that narrative and, and critically think about how you're going to go about investing and things like that. And so that's, that's what I always look back to that. And it, it, 
I don't know. It just always reaffirms um, to me that that's what's been going on the whole time. And it's just, yeah, it's just a patience game from this point. From an investor standpoint, it's just a patience game. And this is what brought me into XRP in the first place was I saw Greg Kidd's, we had somebody comment, uh, Leanne Breeding. Greg Kidd, Greg Kidd went on a um, digital asset investors channel and spoke about how Nostro Vostro accounts are the most ridiculous thing in our banking system that exists today. And to give people some insight on what that means, it means that if I'm going to transfer a million dollars from London to the United States, there needs to be a million dollars in London. And then there needs to be a million dollars waiting for me in the United States. So it's just, it's just an outdated system that was built before the internet. And now everything moves so quickly that we can't afford to sit and wait for a three-day settlement on a banking transaction. It's just such an outdated concept. And I just want to read one quote before I kick it to Mario here. It says, our global network spans more than 100 countries, 2,500 mobile operators, 1,300 banks slash wallets, and 130,000 cash pickup points. And they're also a proud partner of Ripple. Ripple owns 40% of Trianglo. I love this comment because it really shows how powerful and how big of a reach they have. Mario, what's going through your mind? Yeah, look, if we you mentioned the last 14 months, like if we look back at the last 14 months, Ripple has not hit the brakes. They're going full throttle. They just keep piling up these new partnerships and and they just keep growing and growing. And it's really exciting to see this powerhouse of a company that they, they're building. And I think the U.S. should be proud that we have a company like Ripple revolutionizing the payments industry and cross-border payments industry like they are. And I think that, uh, you know, going back a little bit in the conversation when you were talking about um, Ripple wanting to, not wanting to settle and wanting to go all the way to the end, I think that Ripple wants to be, um, they want to be the, the new standard for regulation. And just like we have the Howey test, they they want to be the, rip, probably want to be the Ripple test where we all of a sudden have um an understanding and a better understanding and an inclusion of cryptocurrency because the truth is uh, most of these cryptocurrencies you look at them i mean even gold for for that matter even gold could could fit as as a security at some point so it, it really it needs a new kind of regulation and at, going back to this article it i just i just love everything that ripple is doing back in 2017 when i discovered xrp and then i remember the euphoria of ripple partnering with moneygram and i was like this is amazing and it's just so exciting and they just keep coming out with these partnerships and they keep just evolving as a company and it's super super exciting and you make such a good point that the u.s should be taking pride that we have a company taking initiative in this market can you point to one other technology that was created in 1971 that we currently use today it's impossible <laughs> there's it doesn't make any sense that we haven't experienced some form of evolution i mean the internet a fax, a fax machine a fax machine. See, that's something you use. But us regular retail investors, we do not use fax anymore. We use strictly email. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, um, I, I totally agree. It's like, how can we not anticipate that this is what's going to happen, whether it takes place in the United States or Ripple's forced to outsource? I think at the end of the day, the world is a stage and that Ripple will be allowed to operate within the United States. And that's just what I believe. Jackie, I'd love to kick it to you before we move on. Yeah, I I agree with what both of you have said. Um, I do I do like that. Um, I do like what Mario said. You know, it is it is interesting to look at it from that standpoint of of being proud that you know Ripple's kind of here with the U.S. and um, I never really looked at it that way. I was I you know I kind of pin everyone to be a bad guy when I when I look at everything that goes on because I just feel like they're they're all you know, in on it. And so I'm, I'm just so untrusting of, <laughs> of, um, you know, all, all the, everyone as a whole, you know, that's, that's involved in the case. You, you can't yeah. trust anyone, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, um, it's funny, I guess, you know, that is a good way to look at it. I like how Mario put that into perspective for me. Cause I'm, I, you know, I'm constantly like, I don't believe a word that anyone's saying. I'm going to look at this for myself. <laughs> yeah, for a good reason too, right? But let's right, move on. Yeah. That closes out our XRP topics for the day, and we're going to move on to more crypto adoption that's taking place. eBay could soon accept Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Dogecoin, and I, I don't understand why Dogecoin gets continued to be put in this conversation, but for payments. So on March hey, don't 10th, be a don't be a mean coin hater, Abs. Yeah, hey, Come on. you know, I got my $200 worth of Dogecoin, so to the moon. <laughs> to the moon for our community. But the firm's CEO, Jamie Lenone, said that eBay could make an official announcement on its upcoming investor day on March 10th, 
We're not accepting crypto currently, but on March 10th, we're going to go to a deeper dive on all of these things, payment, advertising, and focus on our categories. The move to accept currency will be geared towards making eBay the go-to platform for Gen Z and millennials. Jackie, Mario, me, we're all Gen Z and millennials in this conversation, so I think it's a perfect topic. We'll start with Mario. What are you thinking? Well, what I'm thinking is I'm going to ask you both the question. Abs, when was the last time that you used eBay? eBay. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I can't even remember. Amazon's my go-to. What about you, Jackie? Guys, I am absolutely terrible for this uh, topic <laughs> because I don't even use Amazon. I don't have social media. I don't use Amazon. I've never used eBay in my life. I don't wow. even know how it works. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you see, that's that. But right. there's only three of us here. But what I can honestly say is that eBay, unfortunately, is is, is a little bit of a dying platform. And that's what I was trying to get at. And um, they really need to revolutionize. And I guess they're just trying to be innovators in the space. Uh, they're trying to get back the attention. And um, I mean, it's great for crypto. Don't get me wrong. But um, and it, it might be a good step. It might be a step in the direction that will probably um, there will be examples and then other platforms like Amazon could could take could follow their lead. And, and, and that's when it could be bigger. But the reality is, I mean, I I didn't answer the question. I use eBay. So I, I own a business and we we actually order from eBay almost on a daily basis. Um, but the, the regular person that's the regular retail and uh, per, retail person, they're not I don't think that they're using eBay specifically nowadays, especially. Maybe if it's a person that's looking for that extra good deal, then they're going to be searching around and, and going on Amazon and then checking eBay. Oh, it's five cents cheaper. Let me get it from eBay. But yeah. for the convenience and the speed, most people are shopping on Amazon nowadays. Yeah. And, they, and eBay's trying to use this whole movement to their advantage, which I understand. And in a lot of ways, I do respect. They also acknowledge that eBay changed its policies last year to allow for non-fungible tokens trading on its platform. And even without that announcing, yeah, right. And even without That's, announcing anything, yeah. people started trading NFTs on a platform. Go ahead, Mario. Sorry. No, no. I was just saying that's that. In my opinion, is actually bigger than the whole payments payments news because mm. eBay is already known as this place where you can buy and sell. You know anything that you have at home. Like if you have a pen that you no longer want, you could just list it up on eBay. So I think the if they enter the NFT space, that could be like a way bigger thing. Yeah. And it's cool because they it, they literally said just that. It reminded me of many years ago when people just started selling cars and we didn't even have the vehicle business at that point. We're in the same type of thing with NFTs. So people are adopting this stuff. They're not even having to advertise it. Everyone's so excited about the opportunity to invest in NFTs that they're they're more than happy to, to get involved without needing to market this thing. Jackie, can I hear some thoughts? Right. Yeah, I was just going to add on to... Um agree with what Mario was saying, but also add on, um, cause I, I had seen this article last night as well, um, about the NFT using that as a, I mean, using that as a, you know, a marketplace, a, pl a platform. Um, yeah, eBay should really, you know, consider themselves lucky. Um, it is nice that they do have that, um, familiar name, you know, eBay has been around for, for a while and it's, it's nice that they can, um, you know, kind of relate to that older generation that when, when eBay was you know, booming with them. So it, you know, and that older generation has the money to invest or to kind of look into um, using them as a platform. So honestly, this is, you know, this is the thing that could bring eBay back into the limelight. So they should definitely, I mean, the fact that they're utilizing it for, for cryptocurrency payments and, and, and NFT marketplace, I mean, they should definitely continue honing on onto that because that'll kind of be their savior uh yeah. but yeah i thought the nft thing was very interesting um i'm curious though how how fees and stuff like that would work mm. on their platform i don't yeah. know you have to look into that me too we'll deep dive into that sometime next week because i think that's that's a really good point also mm -hmm. i wanted to point out that it's a great marketing campaign like being able to say oh we accept crypto it's a great way to drive users in and Tesla kind of used this to their advantage, not for, not from a, a sales standpoint, but just from a marketing standpoint, they were in, they were all over the news last spring, whether it was Elon's Dogecoin shilling or his adoption of Bitcoin and his, his belief in digital assets. But we can continue to more adoption that we've witnessed over the week. And it, it's crazy. Airbnb users want crypto payment options, according to the CEO's Twitter pool. And I believe this, I mean, I want, 
crypto payment options. I don't want to feel as if my crypto is just a store of value. I'd love to add additional utility. And I don't want to deep dive too much on this article, but it's the same concept where more use cases, more adoption, more companies accepting this stuff as a store of value. And this is just the way of the future. We're only going to see more of this going forward. And I just want to say on that topic too, like uh, as far as like places accepting crypto, I personally, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'll be spending my crypto. Like whenever I buy crypto, I buy it with the intention of like accumulating and using it as a store of value. So I wouldn't necessarily go into eBay or go into Airbnb and rent out a house or whatever and pay in crypto. I mean, I guess it's nice to have that option. If, if I have crypto, I could just use crypto instead, but, um, but here's what's I'm exciting, curious Mario. to see. Yeah. The opposite end of the spectrum, right? If you were renting out an Airbnb, you definitely accept crypto payments, correct? Right. Exactly. And that's the advantage. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Great point. I like that. Yeah. No, it, totally, though. I definitely agree. I would not be paying for things with my crypto assets. And I'm actually trying to get the most out of them. I'm staking them. I'm, I'm participating in airdrops. I'm getting the most utility that I can. And I actually, I've learned a lot these past couple of years with, I'm not going to let my fear get in the way of accumulating. And I think that a lot of us are anticipating whether it's a cyber attack or a different narrative that's going to crash cryptocurrency. I'm taking that long-term approach. I'm dollar cost averaging into the market. I'm selling when I hit my price targets and I'm sticking to my exit strategy. I'd love for you guys to just talk a little about the execution of your exit strategy and, you know, just deep dive into that. You can take that wherever you'd like. Mario, I'd love to start with you. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm taking a long-term approach. I, we spoke about this just before and I'm just taking every day as it comes. And I do have an exit strategy. I do know what price points I want to be selling at. So um, what I do is I, I look at, the, you know, I look at the price of crypto. If, if it's a day that I'm supposed to be exiting because I've hit um, an exit target, then I'll exit. If it's a day that uh, prices are down and I have some money on the sidelines, then I'll be, I'll be buying some more. But that's sort of the way that I do it. I've, I've tried to really take out the mindset of when is it going to happen? Yeah. Um, because I felt like that was really dragging me down as far as, um, as, as far as the mindset for investing. I felt like, you know, you're setting your expectations on like, we're going to have this alt season and we're good. We're all going to be millionaires in the next month. And then it didn't happen. And so you feel crushed. You feel disappointed. Yep. But we know that crypto is this revolutionizing uh, new industry, and we know that it's going to continue to go up in the long term. It's only just getting started. There's a small percentage of the world that's invested in crypto. The you know the possibilities, the growth is so massive. So really, if you think about it, if unless you really need the money, if you're going to be cashing out in the long term, in the short term, sorry. And unless you're planning to get back in, if there's a pullback, you really should be holding for for the longest period of time you should be holding it for as long as you can because the price appreciation 10 years down the line is going to be massive i love that mario and it, it comes back to what we teach in the academy right sticking to your to the plan that you've created whether it's your exit strategy your strategy or your dollar cost average accumulation process there's so much great information that you can deep dive into within the 3t warrior academy so please guys if you'd like access to the node defender jackie gonzo andrew cashflow or johnny crypto the best place to do that is through our academy, and you'll get a deep, deep dive into the exit strategy, the dollar cost average, and the mindset that goes into it behind it. Jackie, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. What, how are you exiting the market, and what are some of your plans and how you stay disciplined during this time? Yeah, um, I I used to have the mindset of just, you know, because we are so early in the space, um, just like continue to hold and hold and hold. Um, lately, um, now that I, I'm a lot more, you know, deep into the market myself, uh, I, I've kind of taken on that approach of, um, you know, money being money, just like energy um, being cyclical. You know, you can you can really take advantage of taking a profit um, and then capitalizing on that by putting into something, you know, that earns you passive income or that, you know, that that'll build off of, you know, moving on to the next thing, on to the next thing. So. Definitely. I mean, if you're newer in the space, I wouldn't advise you to just like throw things around. But I mean, I'm talking about this in in the the, the scenario of if you're making a, a decent profit off of something, you know, skimming a little bit off the top and putting it into something else that'll continue to make you profit as well. So that is something um, and that is a book that, 
JV talks about quite frequently, the richest man in Babylon, you know, that's, that's kind of the concept that is spoken about in that novel of, of continually to, you know, rolling over profits into other things. And I definitely think that like, as an investor, like you need to learn how to do that because if you're constantly just sitting, um, which, which I was, I, I learned that about myself. I was constantly just sitting on the same bag, the same bag. And I was like, nope, nope, I'm diamond handing this all the way to the end, you know? Yep. So, and I think a, a lot of people, um, like that eBay article had mentioned, you know, millennials and Gen Z's, you know, that's, that's kind of, we don't really know where do you learn how to invest, you know, if you're not actively, um, learning from yeah. somewhere, you know, you, that's just what, you know, is to sit on something and you don't, you don't learn how to take profits and things like that until, until you actually experience a market like this or, or any type of market. Right. Yeah. So, and then that's what you kind of start to realize is that, you know, sitting, sitting on something, just letting it sit there, you're not really utilizing it at its full potential. So that's why I really do appreciate um, what learning that from JV and him kind of putting that into um, a good perspective of rolling that profit over and continuing to, you know, branch out and, you know, money, money is energy, everything, everything is energy. So if you look at it that way and stop, um, you know, white knuckling everything, you know, <laughs> then you, <laughs> yeah, then you, then you can kind of, I don't know. It's, it's pretty, I don't want to say therapy. I get what you're saying. It, yeah. It, yeah. It definitely helps uh, the nerves. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I was a diamond hands investor as well, Jackie. I still am. I'm holding my XRP. I've been in for about two years now and I plan on holding for the long term. Even in my exit strategy, if we were to go to, let's say we got to $20, I'm still only exiting 65% of the market because I understand the on-demand liquidity utility. So I know that once that actually starts being used and realized, and this Tranglo news could be a big part of that, we're going to see this huge price appreciation. Like I said earlier in the news, $20 trillion are transferred cross-border every year. And so for XRP to even handle 10% of that liquidity, they're going to need a minimum of a, of a $1 trillion market cap. Now, do I think that's happening this year? Absolutely not. I'm not planning for that. That's not part of my exit strategy. But do I believe that's happening from 2025 and beyond? I believe it's very, very possible. Also, if you're taking the diamond hands approach, the best thing you should do is be earning on that money. Whether you're using a platform like Nexo or you're using a, a staking opportunity like Cosmos directly staking on their platform, there's so much opportunity for people to take advantage of the diamond hands narrative and, and accumulate during that time. So if you are a diamond hand investor, you may as well make 4% in passive income. Mario, you're a node deep diver and I would go as far as to say expert. Do you have any topics there before we close this thing out? Yeah, so definitely take advantage. And, and Jackie said something really important, which uh, when I was talking about my exit strategy, you know, I said for you to hold, but it's very important that you do take profits. And that's why I mentioned, you know, unless you really need the money, you should be taking some of the money out. But uh, yeah, take profits, rotate. She nailed it like perfect. And yeah. there's so many passive income opportunities within crypto. Like, to be honest, sometimes I, I look at it and I'm like, this is too good to be true. Yeah. <laughs> and I find myself just... Um, Super grateful. Like uh, back in August, I came across these these nodes and and I started deep diving into these nodes and um, they've really been able to just add more freedom, uh, financial freedom in this case to, to my life. So I highly recommend everybody to get to look into it. If you join the academy, I have some videos showing you know step by step on how to get started. So it's uh, it's a great way for somebody that's not knowledgeable. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter. I put a lot of tons of content there and you know I tell people what I'm doing it's not financial advice but I just tell people what I'm doing and um I did want to say something else I did want to give like because you mentioned Dustin's name before I did want to give a huge shout out shout out to Dustin Dustin was literally managing two streams at the same time yep. and he's just freaking awesome and I just wanted to say it um so everybody just give it up for Dustin in the chat yeah um want to thank everybody for for joining joining the show uh give that you know if you're listening to this right now or or later give us the hit that like button tell us how we're doing um you know i i thank you so much abs for hosting this thank you jackie for coming on and sharing your perspective yes i love that mario and i think you're spot on what makes our community so awesome is the people we have the behind the scenes whether it's our cfo jeremy dustin josh the list goes on and on we're high character high value individuals and you two play a huge role in that i love having you guys on the show and i look forward to it every week so i'd love to give jackie a chance to just have some closing discussions i'd say plug your social media but we've been through this before so <laughs> please the floor is yours no one will find me this goes back to my transition. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, thank you, Mario. I really appreciate that. I love, I love this team. Um, you guys are really amazing. Yeah, all good, all good topics that we talked about. I'm really. Um, it creates excitement, honestly, when you when you keep up with the news and you keep up. That's what I really appreciate um, being in this academy for. You know, it's great to have um, the 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 advice and the access to financial. Um, financial freedom, financial advice and things like that. But guys, honestly, the, the mindset is key. Um, if you're not, if you're not watching out, you know, watching how you react on a daily and how you react in the market, you know, it's, it's you really, you need to take care of you first before you, you know, dive into financials and things like that. And that's something that you learn at the 3T Academy. So yes, I love it. That's perfect. And I just want to say thank you to all of our viewers. This is going to be a long journey of growing with our community. And this platform is only the beginning. So we're going to get more comfortable bringing you guys topics and getting into the flow of this thing. And I'm super excited for you guys to get comfortable with everyone on our team. Tomorrow, we have a special guest. It's going to be me, Johnny Crypto, and Andrew Cashflow. We're going to be talking about some passive income opportunities as well as relevant news. And I'm just, I'm very excited. I'm very grateful for this opportunity. So thank you to all of our viewers. We really appreciate your likes and comments. And I'm going to close it out the same way that we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today.